Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's uh, it's come to this. <laughs> we're we're going one of those places where like man shouldn't be going. We are yeah. I feel like we're going off the beaten track here a little bit. <laughs> like uh, I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. Yeah, and we're we're covering a guy that we probably should have covered more by now. It's kind of every, every time I think we've talked about Wes Craven, like we really haven't talked that much about Wes Craven. Somehow we've done a few a few outliers. I feel like we're hitting all the outliers. Yeah, like first. music of the heart. We're de- <laughs> like our, our music of the heart episode is good. We definitely did people under the stairs. Oh yeah, and uh, maybe another one. But <laughs> we're gonna honestly, do coming yeah. up. We've talked about doing Scream since episode one, but next we're gonna be like, what about Shocker? Exactly. <laughs> deadly friend. Oh my god. I want to do deadly friend. We're gonna blow it. We're but, not gonna uh, do the good ones. Today but... we're talking about the serpent and the rainbow. Man. Which I'm not even sure if this is on radars uh with some people. Like this is a movie you don't hear about that often. Yeah, which you know, it or was so different and so unique and so cool of this and it made money. But it is more buried than, you know, when you make some of the pictures Wes Craven does. When Scream yeah. comes out. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Last House on the Left. It's understandable that the Bill Pullman starring voodoo <laughs> thriller <Yeah. laughs> kind of slips out of mind, you your, know? Your 1988 voodoo zombie movie. We went through a kind of a voodoo phase in the late 80s, early 90s again. It's it's something like, uh, yeah, like fashion. It hits every 20 years. <laughs> yeah. we've, talked, some voodoo. we've talked about the durability of Egyptian lore. <laughs> right exactly in american horror cinema it is crazy how deep into the 80s and 90s it's like we're still leaning on egyptian lore how much do people how much are people worried about egyptian people lore? love the the mummy the yeah, yeah anything with brendan fraser now but especially the mummy movies <laughs> i love it and so i mean i weirdly saw too much bill pullman when I was a kid, <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know why. I know Pullman exactly was... what you mean. <laughs> Little Pullman goes a long way, I think. Yeah, I love how Pullman. Maybe the comparison to Paxton is so apt because Bill Pullman is so distinctly Bill Pullman in every single movie he's in. You know, it's always oh, Bill Paxton shows up as Bill Paxton. Yeah, he's like behind a bar, or he's a cop, like. But he's Paxton, And sometimes right? Bill Pullman's persona really works for a movie. And sometimes <laughs> it does not. Yeah. And you just got to go with what he gives you. I Something think... like Zero Effect, he's perfect for. But we... what's great is there's these elements of him just doing Zero Effect in Serpent <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like he's just going to be Bill Pullman. He and is... I kind of love him. I love how no matter what character he's playing... There's always like seven shots of him running his hair back through his perfect hair. <laughs> he has got some hair. Going. I don't know that, if I love any man's hair bang. more than Pullman. Yeah. He, oh, it's like David Lynch Pullman hair, too. right? Yeah. This is a lean, mean Bill Pullman. Yeah. This I guy's think looking he, one, he's a bantamweight. I think he had just movie. done Spaceballs and like maybe that was <laughs> it before this. That's what. We had Spaceballs on, you know, taped off of TV, Mm -hmm. and I became very familiar with Lone Star. Oh, of course. I was very accustomed to. I got, you know, going on, taking a girl on a date to see Twister. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like. That's uh, Paxton, my man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, Bill Pullman, like you said, just. Sometimes he fits, sometimes he don't. I think years ago, the first time I saw a Serpent in the Rainbow, he's an oddball in the middle of some real shit. Oh, yeah. And he's, I think I've just come to grow and appreciate more of what his specific thing is. It's not quite Owen Wilson being in the middle of a situation like this, but it kind of is. There's a sense of uh, a real Scream King vibe to him in this <laughs> performance. And then there's also like a whole scene where he's Gumby. 
just kind of wa- like flopping around. So <laughs> it's that, a really cool physical yeah. kind of. It's not quite Ace Ventura, but it's more if Ace Ventura was doing more of a serious Indiana Jones. <laughs> it made me think of like when you see an old like Disney cartoon and there's like skeletons dancing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're just kind of wobbling around. That's what he does in a lot of this movie. Bill Pullman does <laughs> seem like a really good goof troop episode <laughs> in a lot of ways like a really good scrooge mcduck adventure where floors are crumbling that's why i think there is this indiana jones vibe mm-hmm. but indiana jones getting involved in like zombies yeah this is a total indiana jones like it's adventure ins- right if he had just been wearing the exact same thing he wore as lone star brown leather jacket yeah. <laughs> like khaki pants like he would have just clearly been indie so i like instead he's just this I don't know. He, he's got these loose, flowing Hawaiian shirts. Like he looks really skinny. Well, they 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 dressed him in like Banana Republic, the original yeah. like safari gear that he, Banana Republic. He had that look make. of like that one season of Friends where where Chandler <laughs> was super skinny, wearing these really huge bowling shirts, and then like two episodes would go by and he'd be really f- like popping buttons yeah, on right. that Hawaiian shirt. Pillman <laughs> was permanently in like super like in it. Well, <laughs> uh, he had to have some breathable clothes, right? Like they're in Haiti. I mean, this is a movie that was shot and yeah, made in Haiti. Takes place in Haiti, based on the book. Now, I never saw the movie growing up. I read the book. Though. No, yeah, you read I, the you read the book. I read the book the, like in college years, like twenty years ago. Now. How it's it's loosely based on it, right? Yeah, the the book is an actual study of this actual guy who goes down there to do this thing where he looks for the drug that causes zombification it was a a, like a ivy league scientist that that went and decided to find find out if zombie medicine is real and it's i remember i don't remember a lot of details because it was 20 years ago but i remember it was very fascinating stuff very compelling i really like books and stuff where it's someone with a little cred trying to sure. open up this mystery. Yeah. I'm a big fan of The Mothman, a book oh, sure. by John Keel, because it's kind of this investigative reporter. There's going this great in. book called Communion. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love Communion. Yeah. yeah. Where a guy is really analyzing whether or not he actually got abducted. Right. It's like, not just a, a pr- hick uh, saying, <laughs> I saw something. It's a guy really going into it. A guy who is detail. pretty convinced that he yeah. was abducted and going into every thought he well, has you should that. read the serpent in the rainbow because it was a f- really good book very cool uh nothing like this <laughs> not at all like this no i don't think so uh, well, this is a west craven movie with blood and dismemberment and real some really scary stuff in this, this movie is, but also some yeah really just out there bizarre voodoo zombie spiritual stuff i for me i really like it that craven finally is doing a movie about somebody having haunted dreams <laughs> asshole he's no, like you're right there's a lot it. of dreaming he's doing it a lot of dreaming in this movie a lot of uh, yeah nightmares it's amazing that the guy sells off nightmare on elm street and then for the next 8 years he's like how about <laughs> Hold on, something's coming to me now. Yeah, like, well, apparently he was really interested in doing this this movie version of this book. Like, uh, yeah, he's the one that came on and said, "I want to do this." So this is while I really like the idea of this being a real man's experience, a guy actually going to these jungles and <laughs> trying to just get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I think Craven adds a lot of cool Wes Craven to this. This works as a horror thriller. It's kind of miscast as a horror. Feels like a lot of horror could be edited out, and it can be even more of a serious voodoo movie. Yeah, I think that's that's maybe what they were going to try to do. Oh, I mean, the (laughs) The studio wanted a little uh, little juice. Yeah, the the book definitely has that vibe of like we're trying to peel back the mystery of this thing that's often categorized as this very stereotypical, yeah, old fashioned kind of thing. Well, I think it, it that stuff might be there, but the fact that it takes voodoo kind of seriously you know act like a thing that's worthy of study that we know about and people exist clearly accept as real like people here believe it Mm -hmm. so if you don't believe it (laughs) you know and i think that only helps the movie i think it gives it that buoyancy to give it that seriousness and the way craven films some of this this is a great looking movie 
Mm-hmm. I've never seen this in the theater, but man, there are some shots in there that incredible looking shots, huge funeral processions, a lot of natural lighting. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes a lot of, out of his location shooting. We are in Haiti. It yeah. felt like a, and plus it's in the middle of a like a political thriller. <laughs> oh yeah, happening right into the middle of zombie voodoo thriller yeah they went there right after this uh dictator left and there was all this <laughs> i do uprising. not know about the real history of well you see it you hate. see it in the movie at the end of the movie the dictator is on the news is leaving and the crowds come out and they gather around the secret police and they're rioting like that really happened yeah right before they well, went there like news footage so yeah in this this know? is an 88 movie takes place in 85 so yeah they kind of recount those events but yeah the movie is just filled with haitians Tons who, of extras, and who probably, you know, from what I've heard, never saw a movie camera before. <laughs> wow! So well, you're just seeing people yeah. living their lives. Like it feels very documentary in that way. Oh, big time! I mean, yeah. I think what makes the movie its biggest strength. This is a cool movie. This is a movie that I've seen a few times now. Hadn't seen it in years until we kind of got the bug. Yeah, or like a craven one that we needed to hit. And rewatching it with you, I'm like, oh, this. This is pretty great. This is great. This needs to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. And now watching it again, just to, to warm up for this episode, just how real everything seemed. Like you said, hundreds of extras. Sometimes, maybe, even, maybe even a thousand in that yeah. candlelit procession scene. Wow. Yeah. That's something out of The Last Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That is not something in a, a late 80s Wes Craven movie. Mm-hmm. You know, come... What's he going to do after this? Shocker? I think he did this shocker and people under the stairs. Boom, boom, boom. That sounds about right. So, or flip a couple of those. I yeah. don't know the exact order. No, yeah. After this movie, he was like, I'm staying in a house uh, <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, this is in jungle. They are, yeah, they are in the jungle doing The people this. and places all seem real. The, the first time I saw this, the way he blended the real actors in with the extras was really well done. Uh, you know, I think I knew, you know, Paul Winfield. That guy mm-hmm. shows up in a lot of things. But this was my full introduction to my man Zakes. Oh, my God. Zakes Mokai yeah. owns this movie. This is a top 10 scary dude in a movie. <laughs> this is oh, a scary dude. He's yeah, the head man. of the secret police. He's got these fucked up teeth. His eyes are always darting around. He's just creepy. Dude. In every way. And he's like super dangerous and tortures people for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Zake's Mokai, I had no idea who this was. This seemed like they just found the scariest local <laughs> dude and brought him in to lead, be the villain. Man, he is so scary. This performance, like you said, top 10, stands out to me so hard. So scary. He just looks so different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like than almost any other actor I've seen in a horror movie. And he doesn't film like he's an actor. He doesn't feel like an actor in this movie. The way he kind of circles the camera in his scenes as he's walking in, the way his eyes are just darting around and so expressive without him ever coming off like a hammy actor. No, he's got this expression half the time on his face of like a, uh, what do you want me to do? Uh, like, yeah, he is this dangerous with entity. Dark eyes that, yeah, were very piercing. And he's, yeah, he's constantly, basically, yeah, Bill Pullman goes down to Haiti to find this thing, and he's dogging him the whole way because he doesn't want him down there. This interfering is, Haiti is system. under a dictatorship, and he is the head of the secret police. And if you're Mr. <laughs> White Bill Pullman coming it blowing into I'm a town. US citizen. Yeah, I'm from Boston. <laughs> I'm here on behalf of Big Pharma. <laughs> this guy ignores so many warnings from the most dangerous man he's ever come across. But Mokai he reads lines weird. He says things weird. His mm-hmm. eyes I don't know, he moves he just sits there and moves on a different timing than people. It's that same effect that Joe Spinell has. Sure. Like, this man is kind of acting in his own different plane <laughs> right now of existence, right? Joe Spinell is the most commanding man in a room, but he almost doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he seems f- too fake to be real, but too real to be <laughs> fake, right? 
wasn't until years later that Ziggs Wilkite's like, oh, he's a Tony Award winning actor. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Multiple. Oh, and I, I could just, I could see this guy like Joe Spinell just like getting all the ladies when oh, he's yeah. not being the creepiest classic, dude on camera. Classic, right? charming, ugly guy. I bet. Right? I yeah, bet. the stories that we've heard of Spinell just like <laughs> women flock to him. They are, and it's like the guy's got the worst bod you've ever seen. The most unhealthy looking he's guy. He's a charming guy. But I bet Drinking Zakes vodka 24 7. But Zakes got that charm even while. Dude, his eyes like look at things. He is focusing on things in this scene where it's like he's not quite looking away from the guy, but he's also looking directly through everyone. And yeah, he's this small guy with the baddest ass right hand man. <laughs> the muscle. The muscle Who is that for, guy? for his. This guy, I don't even know if he gets a name. And he's got this cool ass, cool ass facial. It looks like Professor Griff. Yeah. You know, standing in public, right? This guy's got these, like, blade, mutton-chop-looking things on his face. He's cut like uh, obsidian. Yeah, man. He's He's always got a gun pointed at someone. predator tall. He is, uh, he's a big (laughs) dude. Scary dude. You knew this movie was on. Wes Craven has reinvented horror so many times, right? Who would have thought after this we'd get, you know, something like People Under the Stairs does something so different and so brilliant. He's hitting up Scream a couple years. Like, man, yeah. nothing. His hits are so incredible. Not a controversial statement. <laughs> you know, the, no way you can really understate his contribution to these genres, right? But when I knew this was just a different Craven movie, is beginning of the movie, when that, whatever, secret police muscle man shows up in full skeleton paint mm-hmm. with a torch in one hand and a pistol in the air. <laughs> he looks like a six-foot-eight tall devil walking down the street, and everything in that scene is just lit by torch. Mm-hmm. It's filmed at this gorgeous dusk magic hour with this flaming coffin being led through town. Holy, like, this is a movie. Wes Craven was out there putting these gorgeous shots into... yeah. A voodoo movie. Voodoo movies were B pictures, man. Yeah. And you've got the the Brad Fidel uh, score underneath it, I want to add. Yeah. Brad Fidel's score. So you picked up on it without knowing. You just, (laughs) you sensed it in your bones, man. The end end theme was a little little Terminator. Yeah. I was like, this sounds like the Terminator theme. Brad Fidel's Terminator (laughs) score is landmark. All-time great uh, sci-fi movie score. Maybe the best one. You know, any Carpenter <laughs> stands in compare. Right. Like, Bradfield's Terminator score is great. Uh, and the Serpent of the Rainbow score is like he just took his existing Terminator score and added Haitian drums and pan flute. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he I kind of like this, it. He takes the same drum beat for sure. Yes. It's still that doo doo. It's that syncopated doo 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 doo. But it's like. Yeah, with some maybe like, but over that, yeah, so yeah, we were watching this at the end. You're like, oh man, this got a little Terminator. It's like, oh, you didn't, you didn't know, didn't see, yeah, didn't see that in the opening. But Fidel's got Terminator and T2, like Fright Night, 80s romps like The Accused. Right, <laughs> classic eighty I mean, score. He had this like six year run where he is just doing maybe huge pictures. Yeah, and then just he's like, I accomplished everything I needed to accomplish. Yeah, I did it. I'm done. But it's crazy. I don't know where this is. One of those eye for detail guys where you can see some of the directors he worked with. Like he didn't hadn't really done many scores before Terminator. I have mm. no idea how a guy like James Cameron manages to find a guy unproven to make such an iconic score. Yeah. So I love that Wes Craven goes, oh, yeah, we're getting we're getting Fidel. Bring that vibe. Because that, I don't know, just the Serpent score is really good. Not, way, way, way underheard compared to <laughs> the Terminator score. But I think an important part of this movie. But the fact that you can never really tell what's a set until the very end, which is on... which felt like they added on the last 20 minutes after you know that's the part that feels like universal it goes a little yeah it goes a little off the deep end at the end there but uh, we'll get to how this progresses but you know there was some really good zombie movies back in the 40s and this really felt like craven was making his white zombie 
I walked with a zombie. Yes. Yeah. Definitely a lot of shots that were straight out of I walked with a zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You have the Kristoff zombie who's been buried alive and then they see him seven years later. And yeah, that's just uh, that's what's so funny about this movie. It's like the book was trying to dispel all this old notion. And the movie's <laughs> yeah. like, we're going to have the zombie in the graveyard at night. I, I love <laughs> the approach to treating it. And, uh, you know, Wes Craven throws in all the. You know, I walk with a zombie. Uh, things that Wade Davis or whatever is trying to disprove, yeah. but Craven did keep it as a no. We're still trying to treat this as a science. We believe in this, and so I think having at least him believing, mm-hmm. no matter how sensationalist it got, that grounded the movie at least a bit. I don't think uh, you know any voodoo movie made in the seventies was going to be a lot more uh, <laughs> disrespectful, even like Bond. It was just like, yeah, we need bring in Kodo. It kind of feels. I mean, Yafet Kodo. I gotta say, uh, it kind of feels like any white person going to Haiti to make the voodoo movie feels like. Yeah. you're up against that wall. <laughs> and then for it to turn into a revolution picture while you're there, just by happenstance. Oh, you can't guarantee our safety. Well, we're gonna use some of this. <laughs> we're throw it in all at the end. Yeah. So, <laughs> suddenly it's you know like a Costa Gravas picture. You know, it's a crazy undertaking. I, you know, wasn't around when this movie was actually presented to the public, but this is a weird movie for, you know, Universal or whoever to sell to the public. Yeah, and you can tell that it's got that big studio thing. The the big thing for me that hurts the movie is the narration. I can't deal with the... (laughs) The narration <laughs> with Bill Pullman doing Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman doing the the Harrison Ford it's like, narration it's, it's from Blade stri- Runner. It's exactly what I was. Yeah, it's like it's very much Blade Runner. Like we could figure out what he's talking about without this narration, and at least two thirds of the narration does is just then explained visually or in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was back in Boston when my friend called for a deal with the. Biocore I'd like guy, to, and then we see him in the room with Biocore. It's like we could have figured this. Out. This this could have taken you. What's funny though is the movie also had kind of cute, you know, the year is nineteen eighty eight. You know, it had the kind of Terminator lead in, but then it also said, "So just to be clear, Haiti, eighty five, <laughs> he's there representing Biocore. Yeah, here's Biocore's office. Yeah, they keep. Yeah, they just keep doing that. Where it's like we we figure out what's going on here. We don't need you to be like, and then. <laughs> There's always that thing in the in the narration where he's trying to be poetic, like in the book, where he's like, "It was a you could smell revolution in the air." <laughs> it's like this isn't Hunter S. Thompson yeah, going to Vegas. Like, just play the movie. We see you in Haiti. It's poor. You're in a market. We see the secret police in the corners. We'll figure it out. It's such that's such a universe noir that's a big narration studio thing. Like, we gotta spoon feed the audience. What's going on here? Or else they'll never understand that the guy eating glass is possessed by some <laughs> kind never of voodoo figure curse. It out, right? You know, <laughs> I don't know if there's any actor that can reliably give good narration that isn't, you know, uh, like Keith David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Keith David. There's certain guys that could do it. But anytime a white actor tries to put on the noir narration, I don't think there's any guarantee of it being good. It didn't work. And it seems every time it happens, it's always because the studio goes, you're going to have to bring Ford back and explain some of this shit. Mm-hmm. All right, nobody knows what's happening here. And so almost as a protest, they're like, all right, we're going to do it so bad that the studio doesn't use it. And every time the studio goes, great. <laughs> Love it. This is exactly <laughs> what we wanted. So it's like, so anyway, I'm chasing three, <laughs> maybe four skins I don't know. Skin means robot. <laughs> <laughs> we call them skins. It's the future. <laughs> that's go, what. Yeah, this yeah, one kind of felt like print. that too. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, I'm in Haiti. It's uh, it's pretty hot down here. <laughs> yeah, man. Every time it's some Vietnam pick, and you get like a really good visual actor, but on the narration, it's like, it was so hot. <laughs> we were sweating. The my f- man, you know a, a Bronx Tale, Chaz sure, Palminteri sure, sure, uh, yeah. kind of growing up in uh, mm-hmm. some place in New York, <laughs> <laughs> one of the boroughs, yeah, somewhere one of them. And <laughs> Who could Palminteri's tell? like a great actor, right? But his narration is like, 
The year was 1966. <laughs> the Beatles were teaching us about rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> it is the shittiest every time. Yeah. It is so bad. But hearing Lone Star being like, so I'm going back to Haiti for the fourth time. <laughs> they nailed my balls to a chair last time. Didn't slow me down. That that part especially where they nail his balls to the chair. Then afterwards he's like, I slept for three days. <laughs> like we, we don't need to know that detail. The injury was meant to scare me, not inflict injury. And then he literally tells the woman, yeah, I'm okay. They just scared me. That's all. They just like, scared me. We don't need you to tell us twice. That you got your ball sack <laughs> nailed to a chair. So, Charlie. We were there. We saw it happen in real time. You're in a foreign country, right? <laughs> you get kidnapped by the secret police. Can't be anything scarier. They nail your scrotum to a chair. You still going around with your invi- original investigation on this? You still sticking around? They never really tell you why he's so gung-ho with this thing. He's Like, after he's day one, represent- I'd have been like, oh, it's way too dangerous down here. I'm not investigating this at it all. It is a real weird and unnecessary mistake to make him going there affiliated with, like, Big Pharma. Right. Why not just have him as an anthropologist getting in over his head? The fact that he's there offering him, he's going through peanut haggling with mm-hmm. these locals to get this zombie medicine yeah bargain a guy down from a grand you to won't pay a grand yeah exactly bargain him down to 500 are you kidding me? <laughs> this guy and then when the scariest dude in a scary country is saying we've tried asking you very nicely dennis dennis yeah please leave our country and he's like I was bothered again today by the secret police. <laughs> yeah, get the hell out of town, man. It just scared me, but I'm going to spend the next three days making this zombie potion anyways. <laughs> but The dedication. like that That's something where you see that in a movie, you just go, I could never do this. I could Mo- never be this character. Mokai doesn't even go through a ball. He goes oh, through no. just the, the sack. Yeah. Like, that's a, man, we've seen, this is not a black past situation. Like you and I have mm-hmm. seen, you know, he is We've also some shit. also Craven uh, generously doesn't show. He really plays up what's happening marathon oh, man yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. But when Bill Pullman gets tossed out of a car show with a ball sack in it, <laughs> in a movie, so it's like Jesus, Wes. We asked for more just, gore. Just what are you a doing? Close up of like a hairy flap of skin. You have to assume <laughs> is the bam. spread out ball sack. <laughs> I want you to scream, Dennis. That's uh, a pretty that's a pretty memorable why, scene. Man. Also, the guy's name is Wade Davis. Why did they name him Dennis Allen? Dennis Allen is uh, And everyone's got a Haitian French accent, so everyone's calling him Denis and uh, Mr. Allen. Yeah. It's just like Sounds like they're calling him like a derogatory nickname. Denny Dennis. And <laughs> But yeah, yeah, his haggling, his his tricks he's playing to try to get this formula, it's like Man, they must be paying you some money. Yeah, it never discusses what his salary is, but from the first time where he's... Well, he's there originally just doing anthropology. He's there as a guy like, you know, William Hurt in Altered States. Mm -hmm. He's got floppy William Hurt hair, too. Right. Well, yeah, in the opening, (laughs) they show him, uh, yeah, with the witch doctor... That's what, oh, that's some great, you know you're getting full Bill Pullman where he sips this witch doctor's, you know, psychological brew and he goes, it's good. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting One for the road. (laughs) And then he wanders for 200 miles through the, what, Haitian rainforest? I don't know. I don't know. This guy keeps finding ways to come back to Haiti. He keeps coming back to Kathy Tyson, who as... I think there's a written rule that the woman character in these voodoo movies always has to work with like messed up kids. <laughs> they have she has to be like a at a, at a nunnery. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. always some you know a charitable she's organization. The, she's yeah, she's the doctor at the one hospital in Haiti. Yeah, that's taking care of a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> always how you have to introduce zombies. Yeah, she's got the zombie ward. Yeah, Zake Smokai is just, what, creating zombies out of people. We get a lot of shots of people yeah. buried alive in this movie without being able to do anything about it. Yeah, it's really God, scary man. stuff. The whole concept of this thing is that, yeah, you basically go flatline 
for like 12 hours, but you're still awake and totally conscious. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Zakes is using this to basically kill people, bury them alive, steal their souls. He's making people disappear and collecting souls with yeah. wristwatches. It's uh, it's all kinds of messed up. <laughs> taking their rings, taking their souls. But yeah, the pharmacy wants to know how they can do that because they claim forty to 50,000 people a year die from bad anesthesia. I have no that idea. That seems like I, way too many people, right? That's great. I guess it's... You know, I mean, there's 300 million people, somebody, but right? man, that sounds, I, I respect was like, people, people die while that when, you know, the older you get, yeah, I bet this yeah. statistics skew real elderly because it's always, you know, if you're too old, it's a risk getting surgery because you know, if we put them under, we don't know if they got the capacity to I come know. back. So. I guess that's what happens. Yeah. That's uh, I don't, I don't want that to be the way I go down. Yeah. You'd want to go down. I want to know. Very alive. Or at least in my sleep. I don't want to be like, all right, I'll see you after the surgery. <laughs> and then click. Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> yeah. Might not see you after I count down from 10. Ugh. Whereas uh, Pullman just keeps getting told. He gets physically placed on a plane, and they're like, look, man, <laughs> go home. He's got the gun pointed to his head in the plane while he's sitting in the seat in the plane. I yeah. love that bit. I am going to wait outside this plane door. Do not leave this plane, okay? We are telling you. He gets told a lot. But having him involved with Big Pharma is such an... Not only does the Big Pharma thing not really... Just like, yeah, they can turn him into zombies, so we're going to use that. Yeah, I guess we can bring in that aspect of it. Yeah. But... Yeah, uh, we could have done without that, I think. But I mean, there's this. This is one of those movies where Wes Craven turned in a three-hour edit. Like, gee, okay, <laughs> maybe after test screen outs. Yeah, you think test screening audiences got a little unruly with the three-hour cut going into Big Pharma's profit margins? <laughs> it is strange to have so much Haiti stuff and zombies and a lot of bodies and caskets and dirt. And then yeah, he goes back to Boston for this brief brief scene where he's at the dinner table with the hand in the soup and the wife goes crazy and it's like oh yeah and then we go back to haiti it's like what, <laughs> what was that yeah what was this that feels all like a real tight 80 if they kept it about haiti mm-hmm. i did not mean to run oh, there but I love it though. 80 for haiti <laughs> <laughs> you know sounds like a new i love that we get the the day young dinner party flip out she's great she's always she's in you know the woman mm-hmm. that goes nuts and Bites through a wine glass and lunges with a butcher knife at the party. She's the woman that is a total bitch to Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Oh, perfect. The store person. She's like one of the best friends in rock and roll high school. Mm. She has all these little roles that are so great like that. This role just feels like, you know, we need to get Day Young into this movie for no reason. I'm into that. And why not? And yeah, I think this is such a brilliant movie if you stick all to Haiti if you end with Pullman finally getting buried alive, the thing they've been warning him about for his yeah. last few months there. Look, man, we're telling you what, what's going to happen here. We're describing it to you in detail. And I thought, the movie ends there, right? It's like this tight 80. It's this brilliant thing. I love all the extra makeup effects we get. Mm-hmm. I like the extra stuff that I guess you're saying they said, no, 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 man. We're not making a serious voodoo movie. We need some heads getting pulled off. Oh yeah, yeah. The last some, twenty, they go full, burst. full on. Feels yeah, like get, a wildly different movie for the f- final act. I love this, 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 the stuff we get before that final battle. Hell yeah, Royale. Yeah, we get visions. We get the creepy corpse bride. Oh, the snake coming out of her, with her, <laughs> her little her, mouth. her little voice being like, <laughs> she looked gross, very gross. I loved all that stuff. Yeah, the the final kind of like uh, Dragon Ball battle that we get nah. is a little much. This ending, this this movie had such. This a, has some really scary stuff in it. All the stuff, all the brief little nightmare, all that, all of his nightmares kept getting scarier and scarier. And he's having nightmares back from before he gets sent back by the farm by BioCore. Yeah, he's still they're haunting him in Boston. He is having bad dreams, and then he goes back, and they get worse. It's all the drugs, and he's seeing <laughs> he's seeing the scary dude that he hasn't even met yet in his dream. Like, but he's still just like, all right, I'll stick around. <laughs> exactly, I'll see where this goes. You're seeing fire eaters and. You know, glass eaters. He's going, he's going beyond, mm-hmm. and he's just cool. Bill Pullman through the whole thing, running a hand. 
Run the hand yeah. back through that he's great like, they head They can't hair. touch me. They can't touch yeah. me. Yeah. Just even I, when they nail his scrotum afterwards, he's just like, nah, I'm going back. Even when he finds his helicopter pilot covered in maggots, oh, yeah. that's unexplained. For all the stuff that they explain in narration, you get Bill Pullman on a drug rage running up to see his worm eaten pilot and just being like and then just sprinting through the river. Well, they do make sure there's a narration where he goes, something had killed my pilot. (laughs) Thanks. Yep. Thanks, narration. That's what I thought. Fucking idiot. That's what I did think. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, every nightmare, the one where he's the shot from up above as he's suddenly his little uh, Airbnb by by the ocean turns into his own coffin. That great perspective where he's walking to the door and suddenly the front door is his coffin lid. Yeah. And he's deep in and it's filling with blood. That's an incredible shot. Totally. Wow. And Zeke Smokeiki's looking farther and farther away at the top of this. That's a shot, man. Filling with blood and him screaming right until the blood's, you know, right about to. Oh, that. You know that gross feeling. Your mouth's just, just <laughs> above the water, right? Ugh. Even before the scrotum nailing, when Mokai is doing his weird, like, what did you dream last night? You saw me. (laughs) I'm like, taxi. Yeah. You know, check, please. (laughs) I'm done. But, man, we get all these great shots of him, you know, still going back to buy voodoo powder. Him touring cemeteries, looking for zombies. Undeniable. I think... I gotta say the the uh, the guy who makes the powders might be my favorite dude, Louis Mozart. Oh man, Mozart's a good character. This dude was so great, and this was a guy where you were saying like, "Is this guy a, a no, real I, person?" I thought he was legit, and uh, he's actually I got <laughs> uh, Brent Jennings. He was I was like, man, he looks so familiar. I know it. And uh, I watched Lodge Forty Nine. Hell yeah! And I was like, oh yeah, he's a little older and rounder than a, uh, yeah. He's got a bigger belly. He also but, looks like. Eight inches shorter on Lodge Forty Nine. Yeah, he's this t- lean, tall guy here wearing his his. You can see it in his uh, cheekbones, the face, and hear the voice. Yeah. But man, he's so good on Lodge Forty Nine, and he was perfect in this. Yeah. Like he was he seems like a guy, a he, legit Haitian, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. And the the character is this part bullshitter, but part real. You know, actual guy who can make zombie powder and. He was just perfect. There's, I loved every bit and every of him. And, and he was the guy where it's like when he dies at the end, spoiler alert, I really was like, <laughs> I was like, why'd you have to kill Louie? I know. Come on. He didn't do anything. Every every Indiana Jones movie needs that local guy who's like, yeah, 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 I got what you need, uh-huh. Mr. Jones. I, and this is that guy, but in Haiti. Yeah. I mean, yeah, first time I saw this, he was, wasn't even on my radar that this guy is just in normal American movies, right? Seeing Lodge Forty Nine over the you know watching that through the pandemic, great show, so, so good, such a great show. Would have liked to see more, yeah, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> love the directions it went in. You know, totally unique thing. And see, I thought he was just <laughs> once so I good picked in that it. guy out, seeing that guy and really, yeah. my God, it's him. He like, was so like particularly good when I was watching that show. Just like, man, I love. Ernie in this show. Ernie's a great character. And it was the same way with this movie. It was just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, got to do a deep dive on Jennings, right? Yeah. But this movie is filled with people. It has like the nanny from Billy Madison. <laughs> As like a voodoo woman. And she's great. You know, like, is that the oh, woman? yeah, right, right. Is that the woman from That's My Mama? That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, bring her on. So it's getting all these people who you've seen before or just in things that you've watched a lot. But they're almost unrecognizable because they mm-hmm. feel so authentic. In their location, right? Oh, his friend is uh, Alfred from the 89 Batman, Michael Goff. Oh, yeah. Goff is one of the, what, his is like other his, professor yeah, scientist his, yeah. guy, right? Dude from CSI, Paul Guilfoyles, the pharma rep. Mm-hmm. Huge cast. This movie of all people, but the Haitian cast. I guess they filmed part of it in the Dominican. Whatever yeah. they did, this looked they real, had man. They had to flee uh, Haiti. <laughs> oh, wow. The uh, scene where there's thousands of people in that procession, mm-hmm. that was like the last what big shot, shot they were doing. Yeah. And they uh, they hired like 1,500 people. Wow. 4,000 showed up. <laughs> oh, these are wow. people, these are, you know, people in Haiti were making like a dollar a day for, you know, whatever work they were doing. And they were paying them like $3 a day to be extras. But then 
they wanted more. And, sure, and basically wow. that scene turned into like kind of a riot and they had to <laughs> leave the camera equipment and run so the ri- and get on a plane to the Dominican Republic. So all that like riot footage stuff I just assumed was because of all the political uprising. They were also people where, oh, there's 4,000 of you and then they know that there's like 60 of you. Yeah. Whoo, man, that's an awful situation. It's kind of crazy that this movie got made and like released because it just sounds like it was mayhem down there that from just what adds I've heard. To so much authenticity and the like they went to a voodoo ceremony before they filmed and like kind of had this thing the writer uh richard maxwell was down there and like got possessed and like <laughs> oh, had a total nervous breakdown had to be flown out <sighs> bill pullman at one point said he had like this out-of-body experience that oh freaked gosh. him out it's crazy this is not, I'm to not make a messing movie. with this stuff. It's like making a movie sounds so hard, and then you're like, "Let's do it in Haiti." <laughs> yeah, man. You know, and yeah, they had just had this revolution. They yeah, they recount that in the movie. This is like a full apocalypse now kind of just nightmare. This is like filming a Gire, the Wrath of I think God. It kind of but you're s- making the Serpent and the Rainbow. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of what happened here, man. And so the fact that there is a movie with these cool shots, good scares, good performances. Oh, it's and in, like it got released and put it's out. It's incredible. Like, and then it got like a you know so so like people were like eh, yeah nah not eh, my it thing. It takes voodoo a little seriously <laughs> for my taste. Just people like yeah, I'm not really that into it. It's like if you knew what went into bringing this movie to life. Yeah. Meanwhile, that same year, you that. know, Salvador is like one of the more acclaimed movies. <laughs> you know, same kind of thing, except they aren't like. But what about voodoo? Yeah. What about <laughs> zombies, right? But that same kind. I love dating back to something. Now I don't want to try to compare these movies but you know the third man how mm. we got this gorgeously documented post-war vienna bombed out buildings you know shot in this gorgeous black and white wet streets right the fact that we just got this horror movie that was set during the uprising you know a dictator getting chased out of town mm-hmm. really shots of this guy like fleeing in a car like getting chased out by the throngs yeah Holy just get that in the middle of your horror movie that's that's different no other no other horror movies are having that that ramps things up quite a bit yeah man but But yeah they were filming in like actual graveyards you know it's one of those like poltergeists where it's like i don't know where these body props came from (laughs) these bodies look real these might be real boners uh yeah you know i don't know how much is owed to the the makeup guys i saw were two brothers i looked them up they worked a lot with rick baker well it was actually father son Oh, no kidding. So the, I saw the same. Oh, wow. The son Dynasty. is the one that actually went to uh, Haiti. And that guy ended up marrying Heather Langenkamp. Whoa. This and guy, they met through Craven. Probably Wes Craven has New been Nightmare. very, very good to one of the Andersons. Yeah. Huh? yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, I was, some of the stuff that they were involved in, pretty great run. There's so many of these makeup guys out there that, you know, we love Rick Baker and guys like that. But this team. I don't think I knew him by name, but seeing some of the credits, like, oh, yeah, Men in Black with Baker, sure. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah, okay. Then you look up the guy that did the cinematography, because some of those shots, 4,000 extras, good God. I had no idea it was that much. But it looked so big. Then you look up some of the other things he did, and it's like, oh, man, Pleasantville. Mm. You know, <laughs> some of these guys all went on to some, you know, well-regarded stuff, all in their different technical careers. Yeah, there's a lot of young people on this crew. And, uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, And then the producer was someone that Wes Craven would work with the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah. This is a cool movie. So it's Even if like I... a, It's an important, like, touchstone in Craven's whole career. Sure. Because it really was like he was trying to break out of horror and become more mainstream. And he just kept getting sucked back into horror. And yeah. I, and then, yeah, I think he eventually was just like, well, I got to ride. This. <laughs> I guess I got to do it. This is my right? opportunity to make these movies and explore things. So. Yeah. And he delivered moneymakers on low budgets. This is, you know, six, seven million dollar movie. Nightmare on Elm Street was a two million dollar movie. Yeah. You kidding me? This guy just made money. And, you know, people under the stairs, that made money. Mm-hmm. Right? All these things. He, he was a hit maker. Guy kept reinventing things. Scream made, man, put Nightmare on Elm Street money to shame. I mean, when you start two iconic horror franchises... Yeah. You've done pretty good. This guy, but every budget he and, worked with. And I mean, with, all his, like, Last House on the Left is an, like, an iconic title, if nothing else, right? The Hills yeah. Have Eyes, iconic. Yeah. 
You know, this guy was just... He was horror. It was amazing. He was horror. Yeah. This movie is different than horror. (laughs) This is not full horror. Uh, This is not what you'd expect from other Wes Craven type horror. Mm Mm-hmm. But one of the scariest scenes in any Wes Craven movie is when Bill Pullman finally does get buried. I wanted that movie to end with just three minutes of Bill Pullman screaming in pitch black darkness. If this, if I ever get to see this in a theater, odds are I will. If I'm around long enough, it'll show somewhere. It's gotta be, right? We get a great... There's some great buried alive... <laughs> Everyone, every buried alive shot in a movie is awful. Right? Maybe they're not all as bad as Casino. No, this one really looks like he is dead, though. Like, yeah, man. whatever they did to Pullman, yeah, when he gets the powder blown on him and he is just stone yeah. cold, and they put the tarantula in him. Oh, God. Gets full with, Giallo in the coffin with him. Tarantula and it's on his Crawling eyeball. on his still face, and you know he's awakened there. Yeah. Like the sunken place kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That whole sequence is just. When the dirt starts to come down, and dude. That shot of Mokai looking over at him in you know when they're when the doctor's pronouncing him dead, and he's he just pops in. Yeah, he d- pops in wearing like a Sinbad shirt. <laughs> oh, he's partying he lo- tonight. Looking like a five foot seven like Sinbad in house guest. He got his man just he's showing up it. and be. And then once the doctor's like, oh, and he shows in no I- no ID, just like I'll take it from here, doctor, and doing a. In the coffin, it's much worse. Just <laughs> rubbing it in, right? Just rubbing it in. We so gave you scary. five warnings, essentially. But yeah, Pullman, oh, man. he He's in some scary shots. Him getting think, pulled though. underground. Yeah. Oh, with yeah, the that's hands, a great sequence. Dragging him into a pit. There's some great shots. But just even there's a lot of shots of like people uh, you know, sticking their arms out of the bars in the secret prison. Like to me, the arms get freakish. When you go like underground and you're like in under the building in the secret prison. Yeah. That is like, no, 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 no. I don't want that at all. Mokai is such an interesting historical figure, which I learned way after thinking he was just a psychopath, assuming his psycho- psychopathy was real. You know, it's like we talked about in Dirty Harry. Thought Andrew Robinson was like, where'd they find this freak? <laughs> oh, he did General Hospital before this. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. He's a, oh yeah. He's, he's not, not just actually a derelict that they're like, yeah, this guy's fucked. <laughs> this guy's crazy. Yeah. Mokai was he was like a revolutionary uh, South African apartheid actor. Mm. He was in like a first Broadway play in South Africa with a white man and a he was the black man. Like apartheid was bad. Sure. In, you know, this was in 1960 when he was uh, working with what revolutionary for its time, right? Again, Tony Award winning mm. actor went on. So this important brought uh, you know actors out of South Africa for the first time. Did time in prison for revolutionary. You know, an interesting man. And here, just like we told you not to come back to <laughs> Haiti, Denny. <laughs> What a, oh, what a perfect slime, right? But that coffin scene. There's been some scary burials. You ever seen The Vanishing? Mm-hmm. Either version. The, you know, Kiefer Sutherland one, whatever. Yeah. It's still pretty cool for an American one, but the original. Also from 87, 88, mm-hmm. same time as this. That's a scary burial. Burying was hot in the late 80s. Burying was hot in yeah. 88, right? Big time. And the movie just, I thought it was ending the first time. Pitch black, tarantula on the loose. Already, tarantula instantly settles on face. Just, just goes, goes right for the, the eyeball. Oh. Why are these butts going, this oh, jerk? I hate it. Yeah, Remember, that, that gave me strong. <laughs> how many people walked out of the beyond when suddenly it's like, oh yeah, there's eight tarantulas on this guy's face. There's like 17 people They're flooding out the aisle. Close up on the eyeballs. And Pullman, like you said, looks wax without looking like a fake dummy. It could have been a dummy. I really Maybe. don't know. Maybe. It looked great. The one that, of Paul Winfield with the scorpion coming out of his mouth looked like a, probably a dummy. Oh, yeah. Man. But it looked good. Once they said he was going to get buried alive, then suddenly I wanted that movie to end with just three minutes of Pullman scream. Scream all you want, Denny. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And then we got 20 minutes of just insane 80s gore effects. They all got. It felt like just felt like the end of Ten Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. where when she walks out, takes her helmet off, and they're like, 
Yeah, we're going to need another 15. Put in some alien shit. It very much became, yeah, like Pullman then gets to do, gets to slam his dick in a chair. <laughs> He pays. You know, he pays Zakes back for that. Huh? He, uh, yeah, they definitely have a. Now I want to hear you scream. Kind of confrontation, yeah, and then so out of place. Zakes turns into like this old man, and all these souls in the jars are getting smashed and haunting him. The and makeup on him. The, fu- the looks on, cool. The fire but... effect was great. All of it was great, but the uh, the body disappears, and then he like leaps out at him again. We get like, like cartoon souls leaving, the, yeah. you know, animated souls. It goes that final act feels so different yeah. than the vibes they'd been giving us. the The dream quality, of the first you know, eight seventy five eighty minutes of this movie, I think is strong. Mm-hmm. The final fifteen is fun but in a totally different way (laughs) than the movie had been engaging up to that point. Right. That's where they save all their crazy. You know, Paul Winfield pulls his head off. (laughs) (laughs) Mokai's got all the crazy. It wouldn't be a Craven movie without like heads coming off and stuff. You know, that's gotta be in there somewhere. Yeah. He's like, you gotta let me do my thing. I love, uh, I think Kathy Tyson's a really good actress, but she's just given that. Oh yeah. She's around at the end. Like indie. Yeah, you know, she becomes the damsel. Woman. Yeah. So the final fifteen feels really like, well, this is a different movie, but hey, it's like we got this cool bonus stretch here. Yeah. Uh, but still, for such a, you know, we talk about how John Carpenter did any genre movie he wanted. Mm-hmm. He checked them off. I don't think he didn't get to do <laughs> Haitian voodoo. You know. No. Yeah. Craven knocked that one out. You know, Lustig did. Lustig dips into voodoo in Maniac Cop 3. Oh, for sure. His yeah. fire scenes four t- <laughs> times as long, too. Yeah. He takes that and goes, oh, yeah, I've set people on fire before. I know guys <laughs> that'll get set on fire. I can do that. Yeah. But this is great. This this movie feels ripe for rediscovery. Mm. The I've seen it probably three times now, and I just keep appreciating more and more about it. The endings of these movies, I found this thing about in the last five years more than ever, endings are mattering less and less to me. Mm. If a movie has so enough visuals and a cool journey to get me through, I've weirdly found that I forget the endings to a lot of movies. So whenever I revisit a movie, even one I've seen three years ago, it's like, who survives again? <laughs> who makes it out of this? I never, I just don't remember endings anymore. I don't know why. Well, in this one especially, yeah, I'm like, now that now that you mention, I'm like, okay, wait, what does happen at the video? Because they <laughs> they defeat him. He, you know, you you can never tell if it's a vision or not, really, because he sees him getting buried, and then he's not never there, and then they just kind of walk off. Yeah. And then I do remember right at the very end, there's the big long text screen of like <laughs> like tetrahedron, the drug that causes zombification, has never been discovered. Its effects are unknown. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're still worried about that. <laughs> wait, you guys are still on that. Wait, we're still worried about what the drug... We haven't talked about the zombie drug in 35 minutes. Yeah, Paul Guilfoyle bounced once his <laughs> wife went crazy, man. Like that, They was, stopped caring. Bill Pullman's following an obsession. That is not part of the story anymore. But yeah, they're still going to be like, by the way, this is based on the true story, so we still don't know anything about this thing. Wes Craven is usually pretty clear about when a dream-haunting entity is actually dead. They never just pop back up. For sequels or anything. <laughs> right, that's not no. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, Zakes disappears in the same exact way that Freddy does in the first one, where he just kind of <laughs> dissolves on screen. Yeah. And he's just not there anymore. Wes Craven hit that note several times <laughs> without, uh, you know, having the rights. I got to, an idea. Shocker is, the ex- Shocker is Mitch Pelegi, like being yeah. the death row convict who also haunts dreams it's like all right man does it also have something where a hand comes out of liquid and then goes back i'm positive i am positive he's two for two on that yeah. one yeah and guess what fucking rocks i love it <laughs> You're rock. so that good. dinner scene man hand coming out of soup getting weird dinner eyeballs and food the Hell corpse yeah. bride opening her mouth up. Ugh, her pulling her lower jaw. The long arms coming out of the prison bars when they turn into these ridiculously long. Yeah. Pu- yeah. Oh, the arms, arms are like six feet long, reaching to them. Love it. I love the claustrophobia of something. You've seen movies that can do that with class. The way uh, really hit the S on class <laughs> right there. <laughs> really hung on that class. <laughs> uh, Jodie Foster basically getting pinned. To the opposite side of a wall in Silence of the Lambs. 
you know, by prisoners. Mm. These arms that are reaching out the lengths of the hallway. Oh, it's such a cool. You know how cool it was when Freddy's arms were as wide as an yes. alley. He's also in yeah. Elm Street, right? Oh, classic Craven. Classic Craven, man. <laughs> the arm scene in Music of the Heart. <laughs> when Meryl Streep just gets freak arms. Oh shit! That's she play the violin with those. <laughs> I don't know. Can't wait for our music of the heart episode. And uh, I honestly, I love like God bless him. What was he doing with that? I don't actually know. I can't wait to learn about. It's gonna be like, oh, my sister Julia Craven taught violin to to children, and I wanted to honor her. Like, right. Oh, yeah. What a guy. Well, maybe there was also that trend of yeah. David Lynch does the straight story. They're all like, I want to do my. A straight story. Yeah, I want to work with Streep. <laughs> and she is not going to be in Red Eye. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. We she just haven't be. done oh, man. more Craven, man. Red Eye is a good movie, Red too. Eye is good, right? This guy bounced He's through good. so many decades. He's good. Are there bigger drive-in pictures than The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left? This guy somehow managed to define genres over 40 years. Like you said, iconic. Yeah. You can make Mount Rushmore just out of his it's impossible to just choose four of his serpent of the rainbow we were we've never done a craven 10 we've no, done we top not. tens for others and a year ago i don't think serpent of the rainbow would have been on my top 10 but now ooh boy i'm pushing this top five it feels top five for me definitely at this top point. 10 for sure but top 10 guaranteed yeah and this guy's got I can just see myself watching every Wes Craven movie that I haven't seen in 20 years and being like, shit, guys. Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, no. You guys, Vampire in Brooklyn is... I don't know. I know I love Scream 2 now more than I've ever loved it. And I loved it when I took Ginger Jones to to see it. (laughs) Let me tell you. Oh, God, I love taking girls to shitty 90s horror (laughs) movies and then finding out those movies are still good. What a feeling. That's what Wes Craven can do for you, man. This guy, what I love, this guy's never going away. I saw my favorite horror movie of the year in theaters earlier this year, Mm. The Cursed. Mm. Incredible movie. And the whole Roxy had posters up for Wes Craven's movie, Cursed. Oh, no. (laughs) From, you know, the 2000s, the uh, Christina Ricci Oh, no. Oh, man. And then I saw articles about, like, well, the cursed is pulled out of theaters after a week. Like, yeah, nobody. <laughs> I wonder why this movie bombed. Wow. That means they must have sent out the wrong posters, right? How brutal is that? But now I'm just like, man, I bet that Jesse Eisenberg, Christina Ricci joint plays pretty well in yeah. 2022. Probably not as bad as we all want to think it is. <laughs> you know, this guy, his movies have held up so well. And he's got a Jill Sholin movie. Mm. Chiller. God. Ooh. This is becoming a Craven cast. Man. Craven's He's taking over. so many movies. Step aside, Cronin cast. Craven's in town. I'm not going to fight you there. Serpent of the Rainbow is... Wait, where'd you watch it? You saw it somewhere. It was on Peacock. Peacock. Great. It's on Peacock. Watch this incredible horror movie on the worst streaming option you can, <laughs> but see this movie. I have a feeling, like you said, for a moneymaker, sure gets talked about a lot less than other Craven movies. This is having. This is ripe for Renaissance. It's time. This is this is the one to get on. This is the one yeah. to get behind. And yeah, honestly, read the book too, because very different experience. But I remember it just being like super good. Also, let's just soak in Bo- Bill Pullman. So bring him back. In. Let's bring back Pullman. We did our Lost Highway episode. Oh man, I can't, I Definitely wanted to have that. a sax. But I do love so Zero Effect, and a, there's a few good Pullmans out there. <laughs> we'll have to do Independence Day. Oh, of course. Legendary. That's perfect. Ch- check out. You ever watch The Sinner? Mm, I don't think oh, so. Oh, man, that's been his you know, AMC kind of series. Maybe it's USA Network, but a prestige cable drama. Oh, man, he's good in The Sinner. Seeing lean, mean Bill Pullman's one thing. Now he's like got a white beard, got a little oh, yeah. kind of shaped like Dwayne Kuyper <laughs> a bit, you know? Cause they got that same hair. They got that same thick, swept back hair. You kind of got Pullman hair. Oh yeah, it's dark, but I think you can pull off Pullman hair. All right, I yeah, could. You I got could that. see that. I think you can. You should do that. You should go Lone Star. Okay, but man, you don't want me to go as Denis Alain. <laughs> Denis Alain, Serpent in the Rainbow. You gotta wear a get some. I just gotta get some Hawaiians, Banana Republic man. on, or a sweaty 
gray t-shirt nice big red like paint cross on my uh, forehead it's a good costume i think i might have to do that. good costume idea yep. but man Thank if you, you haven't seen serpent of the rainbow you'd never seen it have you i had seen not it? no like i said i had read the book and had never seen that's the movie. nuts you read the book somebody rec- <laughs> i remember somebody recommended it to me and it was like crazy it was great oh i love I it i used to read books <laughs> it's been years since I, well, maybe two years since I've read a full book. But I used to, a, to read books quite a bit. Easier to do podcasts than a movie. Yeah, I saw the movie version. I didn't read the book, but man, check it out. Came to this. Did come to this. We're gonna. I'm in a craven mood. I'm craving. I love craven. it. I'm into it. We're hitting October. Feels like ooh, could oh be a yeah, lot of craven. We got to do some good horror coming up here. Yeah, we're gonna hit a lot. But man, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening and good night.